I want to take a minute to tell you about Federal Access. Federal Access is our coaching and training platform that we develop for government contractors. The resources in Federal Access have helped our clients win over $13.6 billion in government contracts. When you become a member, you're going to get access to hundreds of documents, templates, training videos, on-demand webinars, and you get SME support from me. So if you have a question, you can email me directly anytime. Here's a special offer for Game Changers listeners. Visit federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers today and get started for just $29. That's federal-access.com forward slash Game Changers to get started for just $29. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. Hey everybody, Mike Lejeune here with you. I am your host for Game Changers, and we have a really cool episode that we're going to be doing today. This is going to be just me and you, and what you're going to want to do with this episode is you're going to want to listen all the way through it, uh, and if you happen to be in your car, you're out jogging, walking, whatever it is you do, uh, and you're not in a place where you can sit down and kind of go through this one with a pen and paper, what you're going to want to do is you listen all the way through it. And in fact, I always recommend people listen to this one twice because there's a lot of great stuff. And if you listen through it, it'll help you with the second step. The second step is we're actually going to be doing some Q4 planning. And the model that we're going to use today is actually the one that I use for quarterly planning. We're just going to happen to be focused with some of the lingo that I'm going to talk about today is geared specifically to the government Q4. And so I always recommend go through, listen to it once so you kind of have an idea of what you want to work on. Then go back the second time. And as I'm talking about things, you're going to want to like stop and actually do the steps. So almost like using it as a a mini workshop, if you will, on the second go round. But uh, I think it'll really help you to listen through it first. Again, whether you're walking, jogging, uh, whatever it is you you do in your leisure time, um, you know, you're on a bus or a train or whatever. I think it's a great thing to just go ahead and listen to through the whole thing once. So we're going to dive right in and we're going to talk about doing some Q4 planning. And one of the things that I like to do at the start of any sort of planning session, especially when it's been like 90 days or so since we've done a session, some people don't do planning every quarter. I highly recommend it. But if you can't for some reason, uh, let's say it's been six months since you did a planning session. One of the first things that I like to get people to do is take a step back and actually think about the last section of time. Again, maybe it's the last three months, the last six months since you did some planning. Take a, a just a quick look and figure out what were your biggest lessons learned from that last chunk of time? What were those big lessons that you learned and why were those big to you? Because this is something I always tell Josh, every time I'm looking at my business, I always think, man, six months ago, we were just not the smartest guys doing this. And then six months pass and I say it again. I'm like, wow, I feel so confident now about who I am and and where we're driving the business and the strategies we're using. And then, but I know six months from now, I'm going to feel smarter. I'm going to have done better, bigger things. And so I always look over the last quarter 
at what is making me smarter moving forward, smarter as a business owner, smarter as a marketer, smarter in sales, smarter in whatever section of the business that I'm really going to be diving in deep in. What are those lessons that I learned from that last quarter? Because you want to be able to actually write those down and celebrate those wins. It's a big deal to actually get better at your craft, get better at running your business. And so the the thing that I've found though is people don't always take the time to actually reflect on that and think about what are the big lessons that we learned. And so maybe there's something that you've been beating your head against the wall and last quarter you actually figured out how to solve it and make your life easier. Maybe you went to a class and learned something, a skill that's making your life easier. Maybe you went to some training Maybe it was an aha moment in one of our coaching sessions. If you're one of our clients or one of our federal access members, maybe there was just a big aha moment that just is going to change the way that you actually run your business. So take take some note of that and figure out because you may need to figure out how to apply that over the next 90 days. So that that's really one of the first things I want to ask you to do is, you know, write down what were those big lessons learned from last quarter. You know, it's it's not a bad thing to also look at what were some of the mistakes. What were some of the mistakes you made that you don't even know why? Like why did we do this? Why did we spend money on this type of campaign? What what made us do that when even our gut said not to? Why did we take this chance when we shouldn't have? Why did we do so many proposals that we shouldn't have? Why did we take so many of those shots when we knew going in we couldn't? Because there's, there's something in you that drove you to do that. Again, if you're the business owner and you're listening to this, you're making those decisions. What made you make those decisions? Why did you do that? You you can often, just from taking a step back like this and reflecting, actually figure out kind of the patterns that were driving you. Because a lot of times when I talk to people, when they make poor decisions in their business, it's a panic decision. They did it because they thought, ah, you know, our pipeline isn't filling up as fast as we thought it would. So uh, we're just going to do more proposals, even though we probably aren't going to win these. We're just going to go ahead and do them. And they waste a whole bunch of time. So panic is often a factor that drives people to do that. So look at some of the decisions that you made that you wish you wouldn't have and figure out what drove you to do this? Because going into next quarter, that might be some of the biggest lessons learned is not to panic, to slow down, to maybe take more time in your prospecting so you don't have to do that. So that's just an example. So let's move on now. Let's talk about your goals for the next 90 days. So again, I often talk about planning cycles in a 90-day period. That's what we're going to focus on today in this session, uh, You know, the next 90 days in your business. And what I want you to do is actually think through some of the goals you have for your business. What are some of the goals? And when you think about these goals, they can be revenue-based, they could be employee-based, they could be something about your culture of the company, they could be something about acquiring new clients, they could be you know, just about anything you want for your business. They, I highly encourage, regardless of what level you are in a company, whether you're the owner or one of your, the sales folks listening to this or somebody else, maybe you're the, the CFO or whatever, I highly recommend when you're going through, there's always a set of business goals 
but I highly recommend some personal goals too. Maybe you want to lose five pounds over the next quarter. Maybe you want to get on a routine schedule where you're at least working out three days a week. You know, that's that may be a big personal goal for you. So what are the business and what are the personal goals that you want to achieve over the next 90 days? Now, here's the big thing. You need to think these through, write them down, because it's not real until you write them down. So write them down and just just go with it. Whatever comes into your mind, just put it down on paper. What you're doing right now is you're just trying to get thoughts on paper. And then we're going to move them into a more finalized step later on. But we just want to get it on paper right now. So we write it down. Then the next step is to make them smart. Have you have you heard of smart goals before? Uh, you know, if if you hadn't, I'll break it down for you. It's really really simple. Smart goals is just an acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time specific. Some people say time oriented or time bound. Um, there's a, a lot of hand, handful of different ones, but that's the way I look at it. Specific measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-specific. So it's set in stone. By these dates, you want to accomplish these specific things. And so the the thing that a lot of people don't understand is the there's a big difference between a goal and a smart goal. Like a goal could be, I want a million dollars in revenue, or I want to make more money. Because that's often what I hear. I want We want to make more money. Well, how much more? You know, $100,000 is more. Well, no, that's not what I meant. What did you mean? Because the thing is, if you don't tell your brain specifically what you mean, it doesn't understand. And guess what? If you don't even understand, your team can't understand. If you can't communicate to yourself what you're trying to achieve, you definitely cannot communicate it to your team or to your partners. And so what you really need to do is get some clarity around your goals so that you can really communicate those to everyone around you. So we write them down, we make them smart. And so we take a goal that say, hey, I want to make a million in revenue, uh, or even let me back up and use the the vague one. I want to make more money. Well, how much more money? Well, let's go with a million in revenue. But that's not necessarily the smartest goal. So I want to make a million in revenue, but I want 300,000 coming from our services side of the business. Uh, I want 200,000 in existing business. I want 300,000 in simplified acquisitions. And we want another 200,000 in GSA sales. That's what we want the breakdown of the million to look alike. It's, It's now smarter. You're getting more clarity around it. And so when I'm looking at that, I keep asking the question, can I make this smarter? Can I make this goal any smarter? Can I make it more specific? Can I make it more measurable? Can I make it more achievable? You know, is it realistic? And do I have the time specific pieces nailed down? Now, what you're going to work on most is the specific piece of it, getting it more and more specific so that it's easier to hit. You want a clear target so that it's very, very easy to hit. So we've written our goals down. We've made them smart. Now, one of the next things that makes them achievable is having someone in your life to hold you accountable. Now, that could be myself or Josh as your coach. It could be someone on your team. It could be your family. It could be just about anybody. But you need someone, whether you are the CEO or the director or VP of sales, you need someone in your life holding you accountable to do the things that need to happen 
to hit your goals. So we're going to talk about tasks in a little bit, but, um, but yeah, you need accountability in your life. Now, one of the other things here is just because you have goals and as you start to build a plan doesn't mean you stick to the plan no matter what. It means you're going to follow and, and try to achieve the goals, but you may need to adjust left or right to make sure it happens. Think about whether it's it's a ship on the ocean, whether it's a car driving somewhere, you always have to make tiny adjustments even though you're going towards your goal. So think about that while you're actually executing on your goal is you may make you may need to make tiny adjustments. And when you do that, you're going to need to adjust quickly. You need to go, to adjust quickly left or right because if you wait too long, then you could veer way off course. So be prepared to adjust quickly. So the other thing here is you want to use the step to break down those goals to make them easier for you and your team to not only understand but achieve. So the the farther you can break them down. So let's say we have our 200,000 from GSA sales that we want to do over the next 90 days. Well, how much is that in the first month? How much in the second month? How much in the third month? Well, third month, we know the government's going to be trying to close a lot. So we're probably going to have a bulk of them in there. We may have half of that in there. So we may put 100K down for the third month. So that means over the first two months, we need 50K in each month. Where's it going to come from? You know, how can you break that down to just bring more clarity to what you're doing? Because remember this, clarity brings power. Clarity brings power. That's why we spend so much time getting these uh, these goals into smart goals, so that it just it, you're communicating with yourself and your team to actually bring that power to achieving those goals. Because your your mind is a really tricky thing. When your when your mind doesn't have clarity, your mind is all over the board. Your mind is bouncing over all the tasks you have, all the things going on. But once you have clarity, your mind laser focuses on how to actually achieve those goals. It's a very simple concept, but it often uh, often eludes a lot of people. So, so just remember that clarity brings power. So again, I always ask myself, is there any way we can make these goals smarter and get more clarity so that we can actually make this stuff happen. So once we've kind of gotten our goals squared away, what you want to then look at is uh, what are the strategies you're going to use to make those goals happen? Is it cold calling? Is it going to conferences? Do you need to work with your teaming partners more? What strategies are you actually going to use to make those goals happen? to achieve those goals because there are strategies that you need to implement to actually do some prospecting in the business, to actually bring in enough opportunities that you can write proposals on or do bids on or whatever it may be. You've got to bring in enough of that to actually, uh, to actually make your goals achievable. So you, you need to know what those strategies are. So figure out what those strategies are. And from there, here's, here's the key thing that a lot of people don't do when they're planning. Setting goals, super easy. Looking at the strategies, fairly easy for most people. But what people miss is the actual tasks. I talked about that very briefly a few minutes ago. What are the actual tasks you've got to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis 
to actually execute on your goals? How many calls do you need to make? How many emails do you need to send? How many meetings do you need to have? How many proposals do you need to execute on? You know, there's, we call them KPIs, KPIs are key performance indicators. You know, what, what are those tasks? Because those tasks are actually the work that you're doing to get the end result of your goal. Because without the work, you don't get the goal. So what are the tasks related to your strategies that are actually going to help you execute toward your goals? That is a big piece of the formula. So let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about sales and prospecting for a minute. One of the things that I want you to do is look at who are your hot prospects? Who are the hot prospects where you think they are definitely going to close this next quarter if you do the right things? The next step is figuring out what are the right things? So what's your game plan to contact them? What's your game plan to move them through the funnel? Where are they at in the process of buying? Is it a small purchase? Is it a medium purchase? Is it a a big contract purchase? Is it realistic that you're actually going to get a purchase order in the next 90 days? You know, what's the percentage chance you're going to be able to close them? And again, let me circle back to this question. What's your game plan for that client? Each client should have its own game plan. Now, the game plan is probably very similar from client to client, but what's the game plan? Because there's probably a few minor adjustments. When I look at things, you, you will look at your business, your prospecting, any part of your business and say, you can do the same thing about 80% of the time. It's 20% of the time you've got to adjust that game plan. So your game plan for winning a contract is probably 80% identical for each client that you have. But there's somewhere between 10 and 20% that you've got to customize for that specific client to be able to close them. And so what, what is that that you need to customize in order to close your hot prospects? Here's another question to be thinking about in, from the sales perspective. Do you have enough prospects? You know, that's an interesting question to ask yourself. Do you even have enough prospects? Because if you don't have enough prospects, guess what you need to do very quickly? You need to find them. One of the best ways to do that is to research FPDS, find out who buys what you sell, uh, talk to teaming partners, talk to people who are already winning contracts there, uh, look at your calendar and figure out, do you have any conferences or industry days or anything like that coming up at the at the front of this next 90-day period? Because if you have it in the last 30 days, it's going to make it really, really hard to close some folks. So you want to get as early as you can in on this prospecting piece, especially the new people, because the new prospects are going to be the ones that take the longest. They're going to have the longest sales cycle. So another thing you can do is start to build a target or wish list of prospects you want as clients. So let's say you're going through FPDS and you can't necessarily find the data that you need. Well, who do you want to work with? You know, who do you want to work with? Who would you, at the end of the day, love to be able to say, this is a client of mine? Because that is an ideal wish list for you, and it's a good target for you to have and set for your mind and set for your team, like, hey, we're going to be going after Fort Hood. 
We're going to be going after Fort Meade or whatever organization it is. We're going to be going after them. So let's start some prospecting on that and let's figure out how much of our service or how much of our products they buy. Let's figure out who buys it. Where is that done? Making You're starting to make some questions. You're calling the small business offices and that sort of thing. And you're starting to figure out, do they even buy the products and services uh, that you sell again, and that's if you can't find the information in FPDS. If you're a Federal Access member, there is a couple of videos on how to actually research clients on FPDS. Uh, we did, uh, I think we did a couple of webinars on it, and then there's also some regular training videos, and then there's a, a video um, that we did a playbook recently on how to actually find teaming partners. Uh, in using the SAM database, SAM.gov database. So some really good stuff there if you're a Federal Access member that you'll want to take advantage of. The next step in our process here of doing our planning, and we're starting to wind down at this point, we're going to start looking at our calendar. Why are we going to look at our calendar? Because often people go into the planning cycle, they do a bunch of stuff, they forget to look at their calendar, and then they have to adjust fire as they're going. And that's not what we want. We want to look at our calendar and figure out What's going to impact our work? Holidays, vacations, travel, all that kind of stuff. And you want to be able to plan around this stuff. So, you know, you don't want to get in a crunch because you didn't look at the big picture. So figure those things out. And guess what? It's okay to take vacation in government Q4. Just plan around it. That's all you have to do. And you also need to know the last couple of weeks of government Q4 is going to be hectic adjust your calendar for that. It's really, really simple. Just adjust your calendar for it. You know, you could say, hey, look, everyone on the team, we do not take vacation in the last two weeks of the quarter. If you're going to take vacation, take it before the last two weeks of the quarter. Or if you're going to take vacation, make sure you've hit all of your goals and you have, or, and you have set up your your goal, whatever remaining goals or whatever remaining tasks, you've set that up with somebody you're partnering with on the team. Whatever it is you have to do, you need to understand there's a hectic Q4 coming. It's going to come fast and furious. There's going to be some need to work Saturdays and Sundays here and there. And, uh, and you want to make sure your team is prepared for that. You also want to prepare for after Q4. Uh, I know we're talking about the, the next 90 days here, but after the government Q4, if you've gone into a crazy, hectic time, take some time off. Going into that next Q1, take some time off. Make sure your team gets some time off. That's a great time for some retreats or just, hey, everybody, we're going to take a four-day weekend, two weeks in a row, whatever you're going to do. Make sure your people get a chance to recharge. There's no reason why you can't do that, and they'll come back sharper and better when they get that time off after the government Q4. So at this point, we've sat down, we've gone through our goals, we've made them smart, we've looked at strategies and tasks, we've looked at our sales and prospecting and all that stuff, we've looked at our calendar. So at this point, what you're ready to do is actually get all of this on paper and start to get it organized. I call this your first draft. You get through your first draft, you get everything on paper, you don't worry about how it looks or anything like that because the next step is to clean it up. But you get it all on actual paper. So you may have gone through with a notepad and actually wrote down a lot of this up until this point, but this is where you're going to type it up. You could use PowerPoint, you could use Word, you can use whatever you need to do to actually get this on paper, get it organized, 
And my thing is we want to get the goals to where they're easy to read on one piece of paper and the tasks, we can actually look at that on a separate sheet of paper. And so typically you, uh, you can get this, this whole plan down on two pages because again, simplicity, clarity, it's going to bring power. It's going to make it easier for everyone to execute on this stuff. So as you're getting it organized, I don't care if it takes 10 pages, doesn't matter. Let's try to get the final draft down to about two pages of goals and tasks. And then if there's if there's more what I call like the backup stuff, like the backup data, you can have that on additional pages. But your goals and your tasks need to be down to two pages, okay? That's where we want to get your final draft, and that's really what you're going to work. That's how you're going to work your plan. Your final draft is what I would recommend you share with your accountability coach. Again, if that's myself or it's Josh, you know, we can we do accountability coaching for our clients all the time. Get that down to your accountability coach and then work the plan. Work the plan, adjust as needed, but get this down on paper, get this over to your coach and just agree to to make the most of this particular plan. Now, when you go into next quarter, you may say, oh, well, you know, this part of the plan didn't work for me. That part of the plan didn't work for me. Well, what part of the plan did work for you? Let's focus on that first. And then what part would you like to change going into the, the next round? I change my quarterly planning cycle a little bit each time. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And so we change our just a little bit. It's like something ah that didn't quite work perfectly. I want to do it this way next time because it'll make more sense. Um, and, and it'll just, again, bring more clarity. So it's always a working thing. So if you hit it out of the park your first quarter and it's perfect, don't change anything. But if there's something you didn't like about it, make your changes next time. Now, there's about 13 weeks in the quarter. Uh, again, now... I say about 13, there's exactly 13 on the calendar, but as far as work week goes, work weeks go, there's holidays, there's vacations, things like that. So a lot of times in in any given quarter, people will work 11 or 12 weeks, even though there's 13 weeks on the calendar. So you've got roughly 11 to 12 weeks to make this happen, to knock out all these tasks, get this done, hit your goals, hit a home run, and get you set up for government Q1 next year. So if you've got any questions about anything I shared today, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'd love to see people send in some of their drafts of what their plans look at. You can email those to me at mlejeune at rsmfederal.com. My email is attached to the podcast. It's on the website, all those kind of places. But uh, I'd love to see your first draft or your final draft of your plan. If you want us to hold you accountable to that, I'd be happy to talk about that too. So again, if you have any questions, let us know. Uh, But whatever you do, make sure you sit down, go through your Q4 planning, get your goals hammered out, figure out the strategies you're going to use to hit those goals, make them all smart, get your prospecting squared away, and get it all on paper in that final draft eventually. Share that with us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, I'm so excited to walk through this with you. If you're a Federal Access member, I'm actually going to go through an expanded version of that this month 
in our monthly webinar. Uh, so if you're not a Federal Access member, you should join now. So you get to go through that webinar. It'll also be archived. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we're going to go through in more detail in our webinar for our Federal Access members this month. So enjoy that if you're a Federal Access member. And again, get those goals in, get those down on paper, get those over to us as soon as you can. Before we take off today, I want to ask everyone a simple question. Are you feeling stuck in your government business? Do you feel like you should be winning a lot more contracts, but just can't figure out how to bust through to the next level? Do you want to accelerate your results and hit your goals faster? Does that describe you at all? If so, I have a very special offer for all of our listeners today. Visit us at rsmfederal.com slash breakthrough coaching where you can schedule your very own business breakthrough session with me. You're going to walk away from the session with three things, a copy of the award-winning government sales manual, at least three strategies to supercharge your business and some specific answers to your biggest challenges that are out there. Now, normally these sessions run about $495, but for a limited time for our podcast listeners only, you can schedule this session at no cost to you. So that's zero cost to schedule a session with me. Simply visit rsmfederal.com forward slash breakthrough coaching. And you'll be able to fill out an application. So scroll all the way to the bottom of that page, fill out an application that'll come directly to me. Then I'll reach out to you. We'll get our, our session scheduled and we'll walk through some of the challenges that you're having, whether it's you know how to grow the business, your goal setting, um, specific challenges you're having in government. This doesn't have to be just about specific to growing any business, but you're going to walk away from the session, not only understanding how to approach the government from a better perspective, but you're going to walk away with a lot of confidence on what you need to do, what next steps you need to take to supercharge your government business so you can take the next several months, the next several years to a whole new level. So again, visit us at rsmfederal.com forward slash breakthrough coaching. You can uh, get an overview of what Breakthrough Coaching is all about. Scroll all the way to the bottom, fill out the application that'll come to me, and then I'll schedule your session for you. And last but not least, let me take a moment here. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today. We really appreciate your support. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. And be sure to tune in next time for lessons from our experts on how you can win more government contracts. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.